Johnny Hovind sent me a text last night. Said I want to come on the show, talk some hockey. Who's going to say no? He's my buddy. Johnny, how are you? I'm doing great. Boom. How are you doing? Uh, looking forward to some action here. There's one main question I want to ask you because I think it's the only question that matters. I had you on the show when the season started, and I asked you the question: Do you consider the Los Angeles Kings a cup contender? And you were non-committal, and there was reason. While they hadn't won a playoff series yet, haven't proven they could beat McDavid, and their goaltending tandem may lead, leave something to be desired. Cam Talbot, Phoenix Copley. Now they're playing amazing hockey. They're crushing everybody. We're six weeks into the season. I'll ask you again. Do you now consider the Kings a cup contender? I do, with a little bit of hesitation or reservation. And so the questions coming into the season, look, I think we all love the depth down the middle. The acquisition of Dubois really solidified what they were doing at the center position. The Victor Arvidsson injury sort of threw things for a little bit of a loop. What's going to happen there? How are they going to be able to plug that hole? You're talking about an absence for, for several months. Um, the defense was solid. I've been telling anybody that will listen that adding Gavrikov on, on a multi-year deal was very critical to this team. It really helped organize the defense, not only from a righty-lefty perspective, but gave them some size. He's just rock solid, very underrated, reminds me in many ways of kind of Robin Regeer when he came to the L.A. Kings, was a player that not a lot of people spoke about, but he, he helped tremendously. And the questions, you're, you're right, Boom, it all came down to goaltending. So the goaltending is better. Cam Talbot, the 930 save percentage, he's, he's not giving up a lot of goals. A very heavy workload, though, for number 39. So that's been a little bit of a concern as they move forward. Will they, able, will they be able to give him enough rest? Um, if they can do that, then, of course, you know, the, the confidence level in this team uh, would start to increase. But, look, right in front of them, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, Boom, they have an opportunity to really make hay here over the next couple of weeks when you look at the strength of schedule. And if they can create some further separation um, and perhaps even gain on those teams that are above them, um, maybe a Pacific Division title is something we'll be talking about a couple months from now. Let's, let's give some credit to the plumbers and the guys who are doing the legwork as well. In the Kings' last seven games, they're 26 for 26 on the penalty kill. That's amazing. Well, the penalty kill, which was absolutely a disaster last season, and, and the power play was you know, getting all of the attention in bright lights. Uh, this season, the penalty kill has really turned around. It's been great, top three in the league pretty much most of the year. I think they've gone six games in a row or something without giving up a goal now. So solid job on the penalty kill. You talk about the, uh, the workmen of the team and the plumbers. Um, it's not only the penalty kill, but it's also that fourth line. I think Todd referred to it as magic the other day. Uh, Blake Lazat, who, who missed the last game, but he's been outstanding. At, you know, Moving him from the 3C back to his natural home at 4C uh, was the right move. Uh, and you look at a guy like Carl Grundstrom. He, just, he continues, in my mind, to be one of the unsung heroes of this team. He gets the job done. He's commonly referred to as a Dustin Brown light. He's not afraid to play the body. Uh, he's able to pot some goals. Uh, just a real solid player, capable of playing right or left side, could even be elevated to the third line if needed. But uh, McClellan hasn't felt the need really to do that, getting the job done on that third line with Kaliev and with uh, the rookie, Alex LaFerriere. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch this team. Uh, and, hey, you circled the Ducks and the Kings about three weeks ago when we spoke, boom, and sure enough, that's coming up uh, on Friday. Best story for the Kings this year is the evolution of Quentin Byfield. We had to be patient. We're watching it happen in front of us. 15 points in 17 games, including a beautiful pass to Anze Kopitar uh, the other night in a victory over the Coyotes. Uh, what do you think has been the key to his uh, continued development? Patience, 
and confidence. So for all the haters and for everybody on social media who wanted to dog the kid over the last couple of years, he was able to basically put some headphones on, drown out the noise, listen to guys like Coach McClellan, listen to scouts like Mark Unetti who drafted him, listen to the general manager in Rob Blake, all the players, excuse me, all of the coaches on the development side, whether you're talking about Marco Sturm in the Ontario Reign, uh, who he spent a couple of stints with here over the last couple of years, or guys like Glenn Murray and Nelson Emerson, et cetera, listening to all of these guys who were, majority of them were former players in the National Hockey League um, and or have a tremendous amount of experience with drafting and developing young players and to say, hey, Q, you're going to be okay. You're a very young player. You're still growing into your body. Let's pair you up with Kopitar and let's get that mentorship. And just look at Adrian Kempe as a prime example. It's funny because we had Coach Mike Stuthers on the, uh, our podcast the other day, and he's talking about the importance of Kempe's development playing alongside Kopitar. And now we're seeing that same thing with Kopitar and Byfield. And you know, boom, the one thing that I've pointed to a lot when it comes to Byfield, when people want to look at the stats and they want to dog the player, I just talked to Andre Kopitar. And Andre Kopitar, a guy who's been in the league now for over a 1,000 games, he's going into the Hall of Fame, a multi-time Stanley Cup winner, Selkie Trophy, et cetera, et cetera, when he gives him the vote of confidence, and I'm talking about off the record, boom, I'm not talking about what they say publicly, you know, to pump a guy's tires. Kopitar really likes playing with this kid. And if it's good enough for Andre Kopitar, it should be good enough for the rest of the hockey world as well. Okay, so the next question I'm asking, I've asked you before historically, and I don't think you love the question, but it, it, it needs to be asked. <laughs> um, Sean Walker is thriving in Philadelphia, playing great, huge turnaround. Sean Dersey is thriving in Arizona. It's happened before. Players leave in L.A. and they, they uh, go to New Heights. Do you look at those two situations and go, geez, why didn't the Kings extract more from these players? Or do you just say, it was a, a crowded blue line, we've got a bunch of great defenders, and for those guys to reach those climbs, they were going to have to find it elsewhere? Well, I, I say, first of all, great on those players because those are great guys, talented players. Uh, Sean Dersey was loved in the locker room by his teammates. I remember early on in his career when he came to the organization, you would hear coaches and players talk about, that's the kind of guy we want to jump into the foxhole with. People love Sean Dersey. So good on Dersey, good on Walker as well, having success. But boom, different coaches play different systems. And so those guys were getting maximum opportunity within the system that was available to them at the time playing under Coach Todd McClellan. That's not to say that those other coaches or other organizations play a better system. They just play a different system. It's time and place as well. And sometimes when a player leaves an organization, they rededicate themselves to the game and have a different mental approach as well because they realize, wow, you know, this one organization was willing to trade me. I'm going to this new organization, and I better get my act together, or that organization might be willing to move on from me. Jobs are scarce. There's a limited number of jobs in the NHL. So those guys, they're – you know, back to the latter part of your point, though, those guys were caught in a glut, and you needed to clear room. You needed to make room for guys like Jordan Spence and, and Brant Clark, who's coming up right behind him. He's basically a point-per-game player so far in the American Hockey League and leads all rookie defensemen. So there's a push that's coming from behind. They even had Brock Faber in the mix, and they had to trade him, you know, which worked out uh, uh, for, for both sides as well. So it's nothing against Sean Walker. It's nothing against Sean Dersey. They're fine players. But sometimes guys do move on so that you can make room for other players. And they believe that from an age distribution standpoint, uh, from a power play, quarterbacking the power play standpoint, 
et cetera. They thought that, uh, excuse me, they thought that uh, Jordan Spence and Brant Clark, um, you know, would be better fit for what they're trying to accomplish. Um, but nothing bad to say about either of those guys and wishing them all the success. It was actually great to see Walks uh, and Jersey having success early, uh, early on this season. Last one for you, Johnny, and you kind of just referenced it. Uh, who is impressing right now for the Ontario Reign? Well, first of all, I think it starts with Brant Clark, who I just mentioned, but I'll give you a couple of others. Sammy Fagamo, who the Kings really uh, were disappointed to lose on waivers. They understood the crunch that they were in, uh, but they lost him to Nashville, and they were thrilled to death to get him back. Fagamo has uh, five goals in four games since coming back. Sammy told me after the, his first game in Ontario, uh, after being reclaimed on waivers, uh, how excited he was to be back with the L.A. Kings organization and talked really extensively about his dream was to play for the L.A. Kings. It was, and it still is. And so he's obviously trying to put his stamp on things since returning. Um, Pinelli, uh, the kid from the OHL who came in this year, he's a rookie. He sat out a couple of games recently, but he did what he needed to do. He got back into the lineup last night there in, uh, in Coachella Valley, and, uh, and he scored a goal. So that'll hopefully make Marco Sturm happy. And, uh, you know, other than that, I think we also have to just briefly mention, you know, thoughts are with Toby Bjornfoot. Scary situation last night. The defenseman was crunched up along the boards and uh, had to be carried out on a stretcher. But by, uh, by all indications and reports of people that we've spoken with here over the last 12 hours, uh, he's doing much better. The reports are encouraging. He didn't have to stay the night in the hospital. And uh, he can be an important piece for the Kings as a seventh defenseman as they go forward. Uh, we, we all know that as the season wears along, depth plays a part. And so Toby Bjornfoot still a big part of the LA Kings organization. If you want a trivia question, when uh, Francesco Pinelli was playing for the Toronto Junior Red Wings here as, as a 16-year-old, he went to the OHL Cup with the Red Wings. Uh, they had two superstars on that team. It was him and someone else. Do you know who his line mate was? I do not know the answer to that. Boom, you stumped me. It was Adam Fantilli, now of the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Fantilli was an underager. And uh, they played together, and they were phenomenal together. So glad Pinelli's in the – and one more trivia. They made the OHL Cup Final, which is a huge tournament. It's the last year of the year, all the scouts getting ready for the draft. They lost to the Don Mills Flyers in overtime in that game. Do you know who the star defenseman for the Don Mills Flyers was that year? Mm, I'm sticking air. I can't – nobody comes to mind right now. Who would that be? It was Brant Clark. So – uh, Pinelli and Clark are now teammates. They went head to head against each other in the OHL Cup, and it was a great game. So, there's your. I love me your, some Kings on Kings crime. Boom. Yeah, Kings on Kings. Good trivia. Hey, Johnny, thanks for doing this. Have a terrific uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow. Enjoy the football and uh, enjoy the game on Friday. Thanks, Boom. We'll talk soon.